listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to another episode recording this Sunday night after what has been a wild day in NBA free agency. Uh, this part, podcast, of course, a part of the Silver Screen and Roll Network, where we have new episodes Monday through Friday. Subscribe wherever you get your fix. You can check us out on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. And check us out on Twitter as well, at LakersSBN. And of course, SilverScreenAndRoll.com, your go-to source for all Lakers content, stats, opinions, analysis, and follow our free agent tracker as well, up to date with every move pretty much while as it happens. And the man who has no doubt been working all day joining me today, Silver Screen and Roll Zone, Harrison Fagan. How you feeling, my man? I know. I mean, honestly, I gotta, I gotta cut you off because I, I can't say all day. The morning was like the morning was the calm before the the last calm before the storm. Yesterday was crazy. Saturday, uh, and then Sunday it was like around I think like two o'clock when things started to get really hectic because that's when you know like KD's decision basically leaked before it was even really out and Kyrie's started to come out and then all of a sudden you know there was just this cascade of deals right at three o'clock and it was amazing how quickly those teams were able to negotiate those complicated contracts <laughs> with agents just within minutes of the deadline uh without obviously without having talked before because that would be against nba rules it was crazy yeah i mean uh, you know the, the way i looked at it it's like these team people lined up at once and just kind of banging out they, they already knew what they wanted to settle on so i mean it was a uh, record time for for the agents to get these deals done on the trigger in terms of announcing the trades and i'm like Woj has probably had every single thing in his drafts on twitter lined up for the last you know 24 hours knowing what's going to happen and at three o'clock he was just banging out tweets like it's nobody's business. Yeah, I literally think that some of those were drafts. Like, it was that quickly that some of them came out. And, you know, I think it, it was interesting because Brian Winhorst of uh, ESPN was talking about this towards the end of the jump today. They're like five-hour trade or free agency uh, opening up special. And he was saying, essentially, I, I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth because I don't remember his exact wording. But the gist of it was that the league is kind of more than happy to look the other way on tampering and negotiations. And, oh, if you happen to be in the same city and you're talking to the players that you're interested in after, like, the finals and, like, off-season are over and, like, or the finals are over, the off-season has begun, which makes sense. Because, look, like, yesterday on sa- on Saturday, there were reports that the the Boston Celtics and, Ka- and uh, Kemba Walker were quickly moving towards finalizing a deal right at the free agency opening up. And it's like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to be able to talk about that kind of stuff. And the league has kind of just decided that, like, OK, we don't care about this. It's it's really exposed kind of a bizarre enforcement of the rules and like a a very selective like it's just weird where they choose to draw the line they're like okay well you know basically what how the league seems to feel is as long as you're not kind of laughing in their face in their rules like on the record or on tv and you're just kind of doing it you know like it leaks out to Woj or whatever then they're kind of fine with it but it's basically they just don't want you going on jimmy kimmel and winking they don't want you (laughs) complaining about the tampering rules being too strict in the nba and then stepping down because you want to talk to players more and then being involved in teams Official pitches. Basically, they don't want you doing what Magic Johnson does. Like, uh, if you yeah. don't do that, you're okay to kind of tamper as much as you want, as we've seen with the Clippers all year, following Kawhi Leonard around. Yeah, it's just basically it's like a rule for looking at the Lakers, and that's what it seems like it's it's made for, and and, and that's what they were following it because I agree with what Windhorst said too. It's like, all right, you know what? I understand you got to give a week or something like that, maybe even ten days after the NBA Finals ends, that the two teams you know that were there uh, playing for the championship 
get the chance to maybe do some prep work, do their homework, and then just jump right into it and say, okay, you can't really maybe announce or make them official and sign the new deals till June 30th or July 1st, whatever you want to do. But enough of this BS of, of tampering and this and that, because you can't be selective when you're enforcing it. They, they need to just give it up like period and maybe yeah. make this an official thing where like as soon as you're eliminated you can start talking to other players that are eliminated or something like that and maybe change up the timing of the off season even i mean i know they want this to be a 365 day a year sport but you know like there's no reason that you shouldn't just be able to have free agency pretty much right after the finals and then do the draft after that and then give all of us some real time off for the off season i don't know that anybody would really uh, object to that at least i wouldn't no, especially in the summertime. I mean, it's it's nice nice to have some days free to yourself rather than sitting there scrambling every two seconds, refreshing Twitter. Uh, let's jump into this right now. We'll get to the Lakers in a second. Just going to give a bit of a rundown. The big news to kick off free agency, of course, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving signing four-year deals with Brooklyn. Uh, their homeboy, DeAndre Jordan, joining them there as well. They took a little bit less than the max in order to make that happen. Uh, Heat reportedly getting Jimmy Butler in a sign-and-trade from the Sixers. Sixers not going empty-handed. They picked up Al Horford. And the Celtics kind of substituted Horford by bringing in Kemba Walker, as well as to offset the loss of Kyrie. Now, a guy the Lakers were rumored to be in on, D'Angelo Russell, obviously was here before, drafted by the team, ended up signing a max deal in a trade with the Warriors now. Uh, Dubs ended up sending out Iguodala to the Grizzlies. Keep an eye on that, Lakers fans, because he could be a potential buyout candidate if uh, if Memphis does choose to go that way. Uh, we got into all, you know, we'll get into all those moves in a bit, but the biggest news of the day concerning the Lakers really is a lack of news regarding Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Lakers still very much apparently in it, along with the Clippers and Raptors. Most of the NBA insiders saying not to expect a deal coming in the wee hours in the morning, might even drag this into the middle of the week. Uh, to me, Harrison, I think it's a good sign for the Lakers. The longer he's taking to make a decision, I just think it increases the odds. Uh, wh what do you think about all this Kawhi no news coming out today? Yeah, I, I agree with that. The one the one thing that I do want to say is this literally like right now is just breaking as we're recording this, but it looks like the Jimmy Butler trade might be in jeopardy a little bit. The There was a cap misunderstanding or like trade. It wasn't a Marshawn Brooks situation like back at the trade, like in the middle of the year when they were uh, trying to get it was Marshawn Brooks. Marshawn Brooks was who the Grizzlies thought they had on the table, and there was somebody else, I'm blanking on his name right now, that uh, the Suns thought they were getting or whatever. Uh, but like it seems like they misunder there was a misunderstanding of the pieces and the deal going to the Mavericks. And so it seems like that end of it has fallen apart. So Jimmy Butler, by the time that we're releasing this, may be back on the market, it seems like there's like a small chance, which taking it all the way back to Kawhi Leonard, that would be a really good thing for the Clippers, at least in theory, mm -hmm. because all of a sudden then they would have this potential other max star to sell Kawhi on joining him in LA because otherwise the Clippers are the ones that are really losing out by this long wait, you would think, because it seems like in the game of free agency musical chairs, all these stars have pretty much picked the spot. And really, right as things stand right now, if Jimmy Butler is still going to the heat and everything, Kawhi is the last star left on the market, and, and depending on how you consider DeMarcus Cousins, and I don't think that it's fair to consider him there yet, um, especially with Russell going to the Warriors tonight that eliminates another guy that was a potential backup plan for the Lakers and a plan and someone that the Clippers could have targeted as a second max alongside Kawhi. Um, so right now it's as we're recording this, it's looking like Kawhi would have to go to the Clippers by himself, which, you know, maybe he'd want to do that. Nobody really knows what Kawhi wants, but at least in theory, you'd think that that would be a good thing for the Lakers pitch. And, you know, it sounds like Toronto is going to get the last word here to him, but 
to me, if I'm just reading the tea leaves, like based on the Lakers' confidence, based on the um, you know the Vegas odds shifting so dramatically, like the Raptors' title odds went down today, uh, the Lakers' title odds were going up progressively over the course of Saturday, and the fact that Kawhi Leonard is already talking to Magic Johnson about you know where like asking him specific questions about the state of the Lakers and things like that, that's been reported out in various outlets. I think mostly the LA Times. Um, and so they're having that dialogue. So that's one meeting. And then it's reported that he wants to meet with at least Jeannie Buss, potentially Rob Palenka too. That's another meeting. And then LeBron James and Anthony Davis are, have been trying to recruit him. That's potentially a third separate meeting. Like to me, if I'm just reading between the lines of why all these things leak out, like, why is this happening? Like that sounds like narrative building, to, okay, this was really hard to leave this team I just won a title with. I really love Toronto, but they really sold me on X, Y, and Z, coming home, get a chance to form a historic team, all that stuff, towards him coming to the Lakers. I am i don't know where you're at. I'm not at the point where I was last year at the same time with LeBron, where I was kind of like, it was you know the first night of free agency, and I was like, yeah, I think he's probably coming. I, I kind of felt that way the morning of the first day of free agency. I was pretty sure that he was on his way and the next day, like literally the first day, cause it started at midnight last year. Um, the first day LeBron signed, I'm not at that level yet of confidence where I'm like, this is pretty much a sure thing, but I do think the Lakers have a strong chance. Like, where are you at with this? I I'm with you. And I, and I said this a lot on, on podcasts, uh, you know, over the last few weeks, even when, when the, the, the Raptors were in the finals, I said, if, if, if they win it and some people didn't agree with me when I said it, I said, if they win the title, I think it makes him more likely that he he is going to leave because what else does he need to do there? He didn't want to be there in the first place. He wasn't jacked up. He tried to get a trade to to L.A., either the Clippers or the Lakers, uh, You know, preferably the Lakers. That was a report at the time when he was initially uh, shipped out of San Antonio. But so for, for me, I'm looking at this. I'm like, if the Raptors had lost in 7 to Philly or in, in 7 to uh, the Bucks or, or went down in a hard-fought series against a fully healthy Warriors team, I think he looks at it and goes, all right, let's run it back. You know what I mean? Like, we, we lost here. Uh, we, we're, still, we're still a championship contention, maybe a bitter taste in his mouth and said, screw it. I'm going to give it one more kick of the can with these guys. Maybe one on a one plus one or a two plus one deal with the Raptors. Now he's done what he, he's needed to do there. And it's like if he yep. wants to come home at this time, it's time for him to, to, to be back in L.A. And, and I think the longer this is dragging out, and I mean, I'm, I'm Canadian and I, I talked to a lot of people back home as well. And they're saying they're starting to sweat it now, whereas when he, they originally won, it was like they were all like confident that he was staying. And now that's not a guarantee at all anymore. And the longer it goes, it plays into the Lakers' favor. Yeah, it seems, I mean, fan base mood on this stuff shifts by the hour, um, you know, like, but I am increasingly confident that this is going to get done. Uh, just in, like, I feel like, I, I just feel like they have a strong possibility of me being able to make this work. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Toronto comes in and they make a strong appeal to Kawhi. They talk about, you know, their medical staff keeping him healthy. They talk about load management. They talk about the team that they put him around, a chance to get back to the finals, a chance to build his own legacy and be the greatest Toronto Raptor of all time and, like, an icon in that city. You know, who knows? Like, all those things that they can sell. And maybe that appeals to Kawhi, but maybe it doesn't. And I don't think that anybody really knows completely what appeals to Kawhi and anyone who says they do is lying. And so we don't really, we just don't know right now where his head is at because he's the hardest to read NBA superstar maybe of all time. And, you know, we're seeing that kind of play out in a microcosm in the way that this free agency is going is all these free other 
superstars and, uh, you know, star adjacent players like Russell and whatever have all figured out their next destination and Kawhi's still standing and he's trying to figure out what's best for him. And, uh, you know, I think that that is kind of, uh, it kind of reflects that how hard he is to read and that no one really knows what he wants and that he seems to be taking his time to figure all this out. Yeah, for all, all we know, Kawhi probably just got some in and out, sat at home and watched uh, reruns of The Wire or something like that today because he doesn't seem yeah. like a dude that's, that's easy to, to, like you said, get a read on. And, and you know, you're hearing the, the, the reports and like you said, you know, that he's concerned about having a, a good medical staff. He wants to make sure they're team. I mean, the Lakers to me right now with, with LeBron and AD, if Kawhi's looking at it, Maybe in a, in a legacy setting thing, maybe in, in terms of, hey, if I go there, that's probably, you know, one or two, maybe even three more championships. I, I think the Lakers, the, the situation sells itself at this point. You're going to get paid max money. You're going to have play with LeBron James. You're going to play with Anthony Davis. And the bigger sell point, uh, selling point, part of me, is that you're going to be home. And, and to me, I, that's what puts the Lakers in, in the lead for all this right now. Because as you mentioned, the Clippers not looking like uh, too appealing of a destination because it's basically the same squad they had last year running it back now at, adding Kawhi. That's not necessarily a championship-level team. Yeah, and you know, who knows? Maybe he wants to build his own thing there, and that's what he's really committed to. That's certainly what the indications were that we were getting all year. I, I just, you know, I don't, I just really don't think that anybody really knows right now. I just think that there's no reason that we can rule the Lakers out at this point. And I think that, you know, you outlined it well. They have a really compelling pitch to make to him. We heard over the weekend Sam Amick of The Athletic kind of reported what LeBron's pitch is going to be to Kawhi, and it's basically I'm willing to take a step back. This is going to be your team. Like, I'm willing to do whatever I can to make you and Anthony Davis look as good as possible and kind of defer and be a good teammate. And, you know, it's obviously one thing to say that in July and a different thing to actually do it. But if Kawhi buys into that and they all commit to it, then like that could be an that'd be the greatest big three of all time, regardless of how they fill in the roster around them in, you know, kind of an increasingly uh, you know, vacated market, but um, and they wouldn't have much money to spend. But like, if you have those three, you're off to as good of a start as any team in NBA history. Yeah, you can plug in two or three, two or three. Honestly, I mean, two or three plugs with those guys, and you're going to win probably 45 to 50 games just on your own. You know what? I yeah, mean? you and me are ready to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we'll be the sixth and seventh man, and we'll be we might be a uh, might be a little bit in contention for sixth man of the year. One of us, I don't know, but I mean, oh, you can stick me. us in the corner. Well, you can stick us in the corner and make us shoot some threes because I mean, like you're saying, if you have those three, that's three out of arguably the top five. But to me, most definitely three of the top 10 players in the league on, on one squad. That's yeah, be easily tough. top 10. So this news coming down right now, Harrison, that Woj is tweeting out Patrick Beverly, three-year deal, 40 million bucks to stay with the Clippers. The Lakers had reportedly reached out to him early in the day. Uh, what do you make of this signing? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, I don't really know what to think about that totally and what for what it means. But it is interesting that the Clippers are willing to commit that money uh, right now when they're still kind of in the Kawhi hunt. But I, I like I don't know that that means that they're out in. Maybe it just means that they really want. Patrick Beverly there as part of that team and think that he's selling point, but three years and 40 million is a lot of that cap space that they had. And they, I think they can still offer quite the max as my understanding, but yeah, Patrick Beverly actually just confirmed Woj's report. So that's about as reliable of a source as you're going to get for the Lakers fans that have been upset with Woj over the last couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, it looks like he's back. And I don't know if that means that they're out on Kawhi, but the fact that they're committing money makes me think that, you know, maybe they kind of are 
they do realize that they're out of that chase because otherwise, like, wouldn't he want some say maybe over who's getting the rest of that money that's available? I don't know. I, I mean, maybe that's too deep of a read and maybe Pat, he just really wants to play with Patrick Beverly. I can't claim to know that, but it, it does kind of feel like they figured out that the momentum is gone and that their year of chasing him around the league with Lee Jenkins and whatever front office personnel that they were going to have has kind of gone to waste. Yeah, I do think that they'll still have enough money to, to sign Kawhi, though, right? Isn't that how it works? If they're resigning yeah, yeah, your yeah, own free agent, you can, you can go over into the tax, but if you're, uh, if you're signing new as free agents, you can't it, go As long the as their cap hold still fits, then you can go over that cap hold. But their original cap, but his original cap hold's really small. He wasn't making very much money last year, so I would think they can still offer him the max. Okay, and I'm just reading uh, Eric Pinkus tweet as well, who's been all over the, the salary cap stuff of, uh, of Bleacher Report. Uh, fantastic. If you don't follow him, he's at Eric Pincus on Twitter. Uh, he's basically saying, and I'm quoting here, Clippers always had 1.5 slots of cap room. Moving uh, Gallinari would have given them 2.5, so always felt Beverly would like to stay if the Clippers are willing to pay him, which they have. Now, this means another guy off the board for the Lakers. Uh, some Lakers fans I saw today online, uh, again, Twitter is a cesspool of negativity, so, so read into that what you will. <laughs> but uh, if, you, uh, if you've read some of the comments that, hey, okay, all these guys are, are passing by, uh, they've lost out on on some options that the Lakers were, re, you know, reportedly going to take a look at. A bunch of guys have already signed uh, because they're waiting for Kawhi. I want to get into that with you, but we'll do that after this short break. All right, and we are back. Uh, jumping back into the free agency talk, Harrison, what do you think about all this? I, I am I am of the, the opinion that the Lakers absolutely doing the right thing at this point, holding out and waiting for Kawhi because he's the biggest fish out there. And to me, with Kevin Durant's injury, the best player available to them right now. He's yeah, he's he would arguably been the best player, even if Kevin Durant wasn't hurt. But with Durant hurt and taking a year to recover from Achilles, he certainly is the best player on the market and arguably the best player in the NBA right now. And so, like, yeah, in short, yes, I think that they're taking the right approach here. This is the kind of thing that. You know, I've had a lot of people in my mentions upset today that, you know, the Lakers haven't signed anyone. What if Kawhi leaves them and they're high and dry and whatever? I think you almost have to take a step back, or at least this is how I've been trying to do my analysis of the situation. Did they overpay for Anthony Davis? I feel like I've asked that question a million times. Yeah, probably a little bit in a vacuum, but they still got Anthony Davis. They have Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Max Caprin. Even if they miss out on Kawhi, they're still in a decent position to fill out this roster, even with some of these names coming off the board. And the count, like, so the two counterpoints that I would give you if you're worried that all these guys are gone and all the musical chairs are filling up and the Lakers are going to be left without a dance partner or whatever analogy you want to use is that number one, it's easy to say that in hindsight if they don't get Kawhi, but wouldn't you want to take a chance on maybe the best player in the league right now? Like, I think that that's a t something that. If teams had cap room and had the shot, almost any GM would do that. You aren't going to bail out on that early. And the other thing is, like, which one of these deals to, that was signed today do you really want a part of? This feels like Mozgov and Dang all over again. Like, none of the deals have been, like, that instantly recognizable as possibly bad. But some, a lot of these have been pretty big overpays. And if you're a Lakers fan... Like, I don't really know why you would want the team. Like, the only one, uh, there, I mean, there have been a couple that have been reasonable. Like, J.J. Reddick comes to mind with the New Orleans Pelicans. I thought that money was fine. Mm -hmm. um, and that would have been a good signing for the Lakers at that value. But a lot of these deals are overpays for guys that are like, you know, B-minus, C-plus type players. And they're nice. They'd help. But the Lakers 
arguably might be able to get a similar caliber of player for cheaper if they just wait on Kawhi anyway, because the market is going to dictate which guys fall through the cracks. And maybe they're a little worse, but at least you're not paying a guy so much that he has almost no chance to live up to the contract. Like that Patrick Beverly deal, like, I mean, he's fine. I just don't know, like, you know, three years and 40 million is a lot for Patrick Beverly. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't bring, I mean, he's a great defender, uh, doesn't bring uh, improved his three point shooting this year, but not not too much on the offensive end. And I, I agree with you. I think if you're looking at locking him in for three years, you, you might be into trouble. And, and some of the other moves, especially now when you look at how much cap space is still uh, out there, there's not too many teams. You basically got the Clippers, who have a, a mountain of cap space, about 50 some odd million. Uh, the Lakers and Dallas sitting at about 30 and 32 million. The Knicks right there. And then that's it Atlanta, Sacramento, 13, 14. A million each, respectively, and then there's nobody else out there. So I looked at some of these deals, and and one guy who Lakers fans have been clamoring for being a part of the team since really the, the this past regular season, uh, Trevor Ariza, two year, twenty five million dollar deal with the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, he's that's what I mean. He's thirty four like, years old. Cra- that's crazy money. And if Trevor Ariza is getting that, like this is not a market that you should want you know, Rob Polinka jumping into right now, like let some of these guys that are at least as good as Trevor, like Danny Green hasn't even been signed yet as we record this podcast and the Lakers had, you know, reached out to him today. Danny Green said that himself or his co-host of his podcast said that in a Instagram live Q and a, because that's a sentence that we use to talk about free agency now. Um, <laughs> but like Danny Green, Danny Green's better than Trevor Ariza at this point. Like, Trevor Ariza is starting to look a little, like, he's getting closer to washed. Um, And, like, if he's getting that kind of money, and I know it's like, the Kings are dumb, so you can't always account for that. But, like, a lot of these guys in this market today are getting overpaid. And, like, sure, if you're the Lakers and it's the last piece, maybe that's worth it. But I don't know that the Lakers are, like, just for example, like a Brooke Lopez away from contention. Like, you might as well wait out this lottery ticket with with Kawhi and see if they can figure that out. And if you don't get him, then, yeah, I mean, you're going to be scrounging for scraps. But, like, at the same time, building around – there are worse spots to be than trying to build whatever you can around LeBron James and Anthony Davis with max cap room. It's not like you can't sign a bad deal later, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and, and that's the thing. I mean, I saw some of the overpays. Uh, like, Terrence Ross is making his money to stay in Orlando. He was another guy I liked for the Lakers. Uh, Nerland Zoel. Uh, he's staying over in OKC. JaVale McGee apparently meeting with the Pistons. So a bunch of these guys – are coming off the market. But again, you look at some of these guys that are still available. Uh, as you mentioned off the top, Boogie Cousins probably going to be a little bit too expensive. Maybe not. If they do strike out on Kawhi, you look at maybe giving him a one-year uh, mega deal and, and pay him a lot just to be here for the season and see what your options are after that. Uh, Wesley Matthews, their own Reggie Bullock, still very much out there. Austin River- Rivers is another example. So these guys... Yeah, uh, and Austin me, Rivers is like a nice under the radar guy. Like Reggie Bullock, I'd like I'd actually like to see back. I think he'd be a valuable role player for this team. And especially if he had a training camp, his issues seem to come from not really knowing where he was supposed to be and when coming in midseason. So, you know, like I, I there are still guys out there. I know that it's frustrating right now if you're a Lakers fan. I'm not trying to minimize that because the team has not made any moves. And you're like, you're seeing all these other teams sign guys, and it feels like you're going to be the like the Lakers are going to just get left out or get snubbed again. And it's possible that they don't get Kawhi. Obviously I'm not taking that off the table, but there are still other guys out there that they can sign. Like Seth Curry's still available too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? he's, like, he's a guy I, I want. I think he fits the mold. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be a great, be looking at. yeah, he'd be a great get. 
And so, like, uh, and again, we have the caveat, because free agency has been moving so fast, is that he was available when we recorded this part of the podcast. We don't know if in 10 minutes after we record, if he will sign somewhere else. But the point is, is not about Seth Curry. It's about that there are still names out there that the Lakers can sign and maybe get better value than they would have gotten today. Like, obviously, this could all blow up in their face. There is a chance at that. But right now, this is the best strategy for success. Even at, Like, no strategy is guaranteed to work out. Yeah, and that's where I think people have to have to start looking at it. Is um, if you're looking at it and saying, "Wow, the Lakers are missing out on all these guys," you're like, oh, "But do they really want to get into a long?" And by long, I mean three, four, or five year deals with, with somebody just to overpay to fill out the roster. Because I, you know, I was looking at it earlier too. You look at the 2020 potential UFAs as of right now. You have Draymond Green, Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry. That's it. And so it's like, yeah, no, next summer's Kawhi, free agency class is not great. No, it's not. And that's where it's like, okay, the Lakers are going to have to get a little bit creative. And if you keep that cap space and maybe sign some filler parts, because even if it is just AD and LeBron and they're healthy and, and you're filling that in, I mean, you still have Kyle Kuzma there. Uh, you mentioned if you bring back a guy like Reggie Bullock, you have Alex Caruso. That, that's still probably a playoff team. And it gives you room during the season that one of these teams that's probably bottoming out and looking to, to ship off a star. You don't know if that could happen with somebody like Phoenix and, and Devin Booker. You still have the cap space available because they don't have to really spend it all right now. Uh, and because if you look at what's coming up in 2022, they're going to have to get a little bit creative and make some moves in order to fill it if Kawhi doesn't sign here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm actually, I'm dubious about their ability to get a deal for Devin Booker done, given that they have no young pieces left. Oh, that's right. But, they, um, yeah, they shipped the farm out for... Yeah, for I mean, like, maybe, I, how far out can you deal picks? They might have a couple future uh, ones that maybe they could make happen and uh, give up the untouchable Kyle Kuzma, although I don't see either of those happening. Um, but, like, your point stands, is that they will be able to, you know, like, they'll have tradable deals that they'll be able to use it, it, around deadline maybe um you know if need be but at the same time like i i still think that with all of this cap space they're going to be able to sign some useful players regardless of if it's like if it's Kawhi, then that's a very very useful player and that's like a huge big three and then you have the room exception or i think it's the it's either the room or the biannual i'm not a cap expert but they have a small exception and then they have you know minimums that they can use uh and like you'll be able to get some ring chasers to come here for a lot cheaper than you know going after some of the guys at the money that they've gotten today. So I, I mean, again, like I, I think this is the right strategy right now, even if it's hard to stomach in real time, as you're just seeing guy after guy after guy that was linked to the Lakers go off the board. What, what happens now if 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 Kawhi if Kawhi doesn't sign? Let's say he goes. You know what? I, I'm going to stay with. Uh, I'm going to end up staying in Toronto. What what are some moves you think this team can make in in order to kind of fill out the roster? Who are some guys you have your eye on that are still available other than Seth uh, Seth Curry, who we mentioned, that you might look at and say, all right, you know what, that could be a nice piece bringing them in. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, Seth Curry's one. Um, I'm pulling up this list of guys that they've been connected to. Um, we talked a little bit about Reggie Bullock. We talked about Caruso. Um, we did not talk about Rajon Rondo, although I anticipate him being being back. He would not be my top target, but I think he probably will come back. Uh, you know, Danny Green, again, is another guy that's available. Um, but the names that they've been connected to are tr quickly leaving the board. But another guy that I could see them potentially targeting is DeMarcus Cousins, if they're kind of left standing. And that may be what he's waiting on right now is to see what happens with this whole Leonard thing and why we haven't heard a lot of buzz about Cousins. 
I don't think he's a max guy anymore, obviously, even though it's a year since the Achilles injury and that's like kind of the real comeback season for stuff like that. He's still a big guy and we don't know how he's going to be. And he didn't look great at a lot of times last year, but he's a guy that, you know, him and LeBron, I think uh, there have been reports that they get along pretty well and like each other. Him and Anthony Davis obviously liked each other in New Orleans and he would be a guy that could fill that center void a little bit. And again, like it wouldn't be the greatest signing that you could make, but there's only so many guys available. And if you can get him at decent money, that's an okay use of the cap room. And, you know, like there are going to be other guys that um, are available. And so like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's just my largest point from this whole discussion is that like, obviously it will be disappointing if they lose out on Kawhi Leonard, that's still the top target. And it is kind of, at least as far as free agency goes, it's Kawhi Leonard or bust right now, but the off season is not a bust. If they don't get Kawhi Leonard, they still have LeBron. They still have Anthony Davis. They still have room to add some other guys. And you know, that would make them a playoff contender rather than instant title favorite if they don't get Kawhi Leonard. Um, but you know, I, I think again, like th- this, I mean, I guess my my question to any Lakers fan that has a problem with the way that things are going right now is like, what would you have them do instead? Would you have had Palenka aggressively chase Russell and give him the max or something like that? Because I feel like if they had done that while Kawhi was still on the table, people would be mad about that, too. So it's just a matter of like, this is how... This stuff is all happening in real time, and so people are going to have feelings about it. But I still think that this is the best of their available options right now. Yeah, you're getting a top top three guy in the NBA and arguably the best player in the NBA after the performance he put on in the playoffs. So I think you have to pull out all the stops to, to make that happen. And as we mentioned, you can literally put four or five decent NBA players, decent to, I mean, I don't want to say low-level, but lower-mid-level guys, and the team is going to be a title contender. So I, I don't know what Lakers fans who, who want them to, it's like, you're going to blow up, you know, two thirds or, or, you know, close to, you know, 6% of your cap space on Trevor Ariza and, and Patrick Beverly. I don't, I don't think that would be a smart idea. Yeah. And that's why the question of like, should the Lakers go after a star, or go after depth was always kind of a false dichotomy to me. And I got into this a little bit today on Twitter is just because you know, like they were never going to get good value on the depth guys. Those are the guys that are going to get overpaid in a summer like this. So if you want someone that's going to exceed the value of the contract they're signing, you have to go after a star. And right now, Kawhi Leonard is the star that is available on the board. I agree. And, and you know what? We just got to wait out and see what what Kawhi is is going to do. I mean, we don't we don't know. He is like such an enigma. Nobody knows what the hell he's thinking, what what he's doing right now. He's not a typical NBA guy. And I'm not saying that in a in a good or bad way. I'm just saying he's just different. So we have to just keep our eyes peeled. I know you're going to have to have your phone on all night, notifications set, just in case that news does break. Uh, let's get into some of the other moves. As we mentioned off the top, KD and and uh, Kyrie ending up in Brooklyn. I, I think we, we talked a little bit about this before, that once it was uh, announced that KD was going to make the official kind of announcement on his uh, business Instagram page, well, I was thinking, hey, man, he, he's staying in, in Golden State. But I, I was, I mean, not shocked that he signed with Brooklyn, but the fact that he did it on day one was a bit uh, bit weird to me. Yeah, it was strange. And it's like, it's it's a strange situation for the Nets because now they're going to take like a mostly similar roster and just add Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, and Kyrie Irving into it. And like, they'll probably be pretty good, but Durant's going to have to sit out probably all of next year. And, you know... I'm curious to see how that unfolds because, 
Like Kyrie, we just saw him blow up a locker room in Boston. And is he going to come into the Nets and do the same thing? I don't know. I think it's going to be fascinating to see where that team goes from here and how all of that shakes out over the next couple of years. And, you know, obviously Durant seems to want his own team again, but it's just a weird situation because of the Achilles. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, if you're getting mopey, uh, Kyrie Irving and things don't go too well there, who knows what kind of attitude he's going to have. I think it helps that Kevin Durant is there. They seem like they're, by all accounts, very good friends and super close. So as long as he has maybe KD in his ear, uh, it'll help him kind of kind of deal with things. What about the Jimmy Butler stuff? Because he was a guy I was looking at. I didn't want the Lakers to, to go all out and try and sign him to a $30 million a year contract because I think by the time you get to year three or four of that, it might be uh, anchor in terms of, uh, having him on, on the books for that much just because of his not I don't want to say his injury history he's, he's pretty durable but he just seems like to me his game isn't going to age as well as, as some of the, some of the other guys that you have like a Kevin Durant or or a Kyrie Irving do you think the Lakers were ever seriously in on Butler in all this the way that it was reported out that like they were interested in him and he was kind of interested in them and it always seemed like both sides were kind of you know, like using each other to make other teams and other situations jealous and get what they actually wanted. It was like one of those things where like two people make a pact of like, if we're not married by age so-and-so, we're just going to marry each other. And that's kind of what the Lakers and Butler felt like was like, you know, if both of us strike out in free agency, maybe we'll come back to the table. But it never really seemed (laughs) all that real to me. He would have been a nice get. I think he would have been fine. But it just seemed like the Lakers very obviously and for obvious reasons wanted Kawhi Leonard more than him. It honestly seemed like they wanted D'Angelo Russell more than they wanted Butler. And somewhat understandably so, after Butler's last couple stops, he kind of blew up the locker rooms a little bit similar way to Kyrie. Um, He definitely didn't leave those situations happy. So we'll see what happens with him in Miami. But, you know, he would have been on court like it would have been a good fit. It would have been a guy that could have taken some of the defensive load from LeBron. And, you know, I wouldn't have been upset about the signing. I think it would have been fine. But, um, you know, it just never seemed like either side was all that had all of that real interest in a union. Yeah, he, he seemed like, and it's weird for me for Jimmy Butler to hear him talk about and people say how competitive he is and how much he wants to win. Um, I, I don't know, however, how close him and the Sixers got in terms of signing a new contract, but to pe- pack up and go to Miami, hey, Miami's a great city uh, by, all, by all means, you know what I mean? He's going to have fun and sunshine. It, it's it's one of the major places in, in the country. But uh, if you look at it realistically, like that, that's not a move to win. That's a move to maybe have a better life off the court. I mean, I, I don't and know. No what, state what income tax. Yeah. That's, that's that. what and for the heat, it's like they didn't have anybody else that they could give that money to. They had no other way to get stars. So why, why not take a shot on Butler? It's not like Pat Riley wants to sit through a rebuild, you know, in his last couple of years uh, in the NBA. So, I, I mean, I think that that's kind of a win now move that makes sense for both sides. You know, one, one team that I did want to talk about a lot, too, because they're getting some some play online, too, is Utah Jazz. They ended up, uh, they got Mike Connolly earlier uh, in a trade with Memphis. They also ended up signing Malcolm Brogdon today from the uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks, and they got uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. I, I think those are both good moves, but to me, the, the problem with, with, with Utah is they're going to be a perennial uh, playoff team, but not good enough for a championship. What, what do you think about them emerging as a as a as a top flight contender in the West? Until Gobert can stay on the floor consistently in like playoff games and not be a liability in certain situations, I'm going to be skeptical about Utah. And you know, Donovan Mitchell's young; he's still developing. So you know, you got to let that play out. Mike Conley's a little over the hill, but he's still pretty good. Um, you know, I think they have some pieces, and they'll be good. I think their fans have been clapping and and barking at people a little bit too loudly, but we'll see how that team goes um 
Uh, actually, I'm, I'm like, uh, just as you asked me that, Karan Butler just tweeted uh, a bunch of eyeball emojis and LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis in Lakers jerseys. So, wow. you know, like this seems to be getting more and more, again, like Karan Butler, not your traditional NBA insider, but like these guys hear things. And I'm not saying that it's a done deal by any means, but there are a lot of people that feel like this is the way that things are going. I'll say that. And like, you know, I would not be surprised if we're back here tomorrow or the next night talking about Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Is this the best big three ever? Oh, yeah. And I, I think it's a it's it's a matter of time. I really do think it's down to uh, the, the Raptors and the Lakers. And, and to me, I don't know where you would put it. I, I think the Lakers have about a 60, 70 percent shots at, at getting their guy. What about you? Yeah, I'd say I'm about there. I'm probably closer to 60, but I, I definitely have them as the favorites. There's always there's that sentimentality wild card factor, and we don't know how much of that Kawhi even possesses, which is what makes this harder to predict. But, you know, maybe Toronto can go in there with, like, the, you know, the pitch of, look, we believed in you. We were willing to give stuff up and trade for you. They weren't. You know, there's uh, stuff like that matters to guys. Some guys. Maybe not Kawhi. Who knows? Um, so again, like we'll see, but I I just feel like the Lakers are really in the driver's seat for this one. And, you know, I'd honestly, at this point, I'd be kind of surprised if they didn't get him. Same, same. I think the longest, the longer, longer this goes on. And I said this off the top, the longer this goes on, the more it's, it to me is it's making it obvious that he's having cold feet about going to Toronto because it's not very often that teams win a championship. The guy gets finals MVP. And then he's still considering taking meetings and, and, and meeting with uh, other organizations, especially two that are located in, in his desired location. Like, I, to me, that's, it's just like it, it should be coming together. It's such a weird situation. This is like so this free agency just overall has been so unprecedented and strange. Uh, this is why the NBA is is the greatest, man. I mean, I've I've been I've, I've my my thumb is having a bit of a burn on it from having to hit refresh so many times on Twitter. But uh, I mean, these are the days that that make uh, being a part of of the sports media and being a part of of Lakers coverage has has been awesome. Yeah, dude, my my fingers are killing me. Like I am going to <laughs> like after summer league, I'm gonna try and like not type for like a week or something. Um, this has been. You know, it's been a long season. There's been a lot of rumors. Um, I'm like, I'm not going to complain about my job because it beats really working. But um, yeah, it's been crazy. And there is no other sports league like it and no team like this one. No, absolutely not. And it shows you how much people care and how passionate people are about the Lakers, uh, how, how much they mean on a worldwide scale. And and, and you're seeing the, this crazy amount of coverage. I mean, even when the Lakers were bad People still want to know what's going on with them, and so if, if they're able to make this move, legitimately could be—I don't want to say the greatest team of all time because there's a lot of work to, done to be on the court. But in terms of an offseason, to land two of the of the five, uh, arguably five, definitely ten players in in the league, Rob Palenka d- does have to get some credit if he's able to pull this off. No, I mean I'd say that he's the favorite for executive of the year, but it seems like every other executive in the league hates him, so they probably won't vote for him to get that. Like he could. <laughs> yeah. He could sign like time traveling Michael Jordan and, you know, like uh, like past Kobe Bryant, you know, from his prime. And the execs would probably still vote for, you know, like, I don't know, uh, the GM in Milwaukee. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. So I don't know that he will get credit from his peers, but he certainly should get credit. And more than he got over the last couple of weeks when I do feel like 
you know, I think that there are criticisms that you can make of Palinka. I don't think that one of them is that he is an idiot. He does not seem to be dumb. And the idea that he would have just, like, not known about cat permutations of things was always kind of weird to me and didn't really line up with his experience as a lawyer and, you know, somebody that was sold as a cat expert. And so that whole thing was weird. You know, I'm not going to say that it's nice to see him get some credit because I don't personally care. But, like, mm. if he does pull this off, then he does deserve credit for it because, and you know, like honestly, he's had some help from, you know, the clutch sports factor and all of that, but he still sat there and made sure it happened. And I I think where we're really going to see how much credit he deserves is when they fill out the rest of this roster on the margins, whether that's, you know, after Kawhi goes elsewhere, like let's say he stays with the Raptors and they have to make more role player signings than they would otherwise, or if they get Kawhi and they have to fill in the role players around him, Davis and LeBron, you know, that's where we're going to see where is Rob Palenka's value add. That's the question that, you know, Pete Laker Film Room is always asking. And that's where we're going to see where he adds his value is if was the meme team just Magic Johnson's fault or was it Rob's? And there was like there were conspiracy theories going around when Magic stepped down that like Rob was waiting to beef up the analytics department and do all this other stuff until Magic left so that he could get the credit for it. And, you know, if you're a Lakers fan, you have to hope that that's true. Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly hit the nail on the head with that. It's like, okay, you know, sure, Magic Johnson's out of the way, and some good things have started to happen for this team, and I'm not going to, you know, rag on Magic because he is great uh, in terms of uh, what he did on this man, maybe not cut out for, for being an NBA executive, but if you look at how things have improved, it's like, okay, maybe he was pulling some of the strings and a lot of them in terms of signing those guys that you mentioned, like the Michael Beasley's, uh, like, like the Lance Stevenson's, and, and how much Palenka had, had say in that. And it's like, now you're going to get to see really what Rob Palenka is about. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this one, Harrison. When do you think the Kawhi Leonard thing gets resolved? Like, when do you think the announcement will come that he's made his decision? God, dude, I hope it's just in the morning, like right after. Well, this podcast <laughs> is going to drop, I guess, tonight on Sunday night. But I hope that as you're listening to this, the Kawhi Leonard news is breaking and then it'll just bring you nicely into our next podcast for tomorrow. Um, my my guess would be that it's probably Tuesday just because it sounds like they want to take a couple of meetings and think things over. And I, I just really want this to get done by the 4th of July so that, like, you know, we can all see our families and all that kind of stuff, because as soon as this happens, we're going to get the same cascade of signings around the margins that we got last year. Like, remember, as soon as LeBron signed, it was like we got Rondo and Lance and like JaVale and all these other guys that they signed like really, really quick. I don't remember the exact order. KCP was in there somewhere. Um, But there was just this cascade of like, boom, 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 boom. All these other guys that were clearly like kind of lined up for the eventuality that they got LeBron. And I'm assuming that they have a similar list that they got with Kawhi, maybe even Danny Green's on that list. And that was that long phone call and why they were talking about it kind of cryptically. Like, I think maybe if Kawhi comes, I would not be surprised if we quickly see Danny Green trail along as his remora fish, just like he did from San Antonio to Toronto. Yeah, that's exactly what I think, too. I think once once this plays out, the Kawhi Leonard drama, you'll know what the Lakers roster is going to look like going into next season. Uh, Harrison, I know it's been a long, I don't want to say day, because you said you probably woke up this morning, had a nice shower, ate some good breakfast, and got to chill out a bit. But I know you've had a long last maybe seven or eight hours. Well, thanks again for doing this, man. No, man, with the way that my job goes, it's going to break at like 2 a.m. Kawhi's just going to wake up and text Woj (laughs) and just be like, I have decided. 
it is the Lakers or something like, like, you know, last year it was, uh, it was the night before my birthday. I was up all night blogging about the trade to Toronto. So I'm hoping that it does not extend that far and that we get all this wrapped up by summer league. Cause I'd like to enjoy the time in Vegas and watch some, you know, mediocre basketball. <laughs> well, that's what that, that's one of the perks that comes with the job, my man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Harrison. Thanks again for doing this, man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. All right, that's uh, Silver Screen and Rolls' own Harrison Fagan. You can catch him on Twitter at HMFagan, F-A-I-G-E-N. Uh, covers you for everything on the Lakers. And check us out at SilverScreenandRoll.com as well. Uh, Harrison really taking the lead with our free agent tracker, getting pretty much well, all the moves covered for you there. Uh, One-stop shop, really, everything at SilverScreenandRoll.com. And as he mentioned, our podcast network, we're growing by the day. We have daily shows coming up. You know the Kawhi Leonard drama until it is settled is going to be a big thing. So don't forget to subscribe to our network. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, we oh, real are there. Quick, before we wrap up, uh, Reggie Bullock is gone. So he is no longer an option. Uh, he signed with the Knicks. So uh, for Shams Karania of The Athletic. So uh, Reggie Bullock off the table. As one last little news break for you before we wrap this up. That's perfect timing for us because now we know the Lakers are one man down more leading into what, what uh, the second day of free agency is going to be. It's going to be crazy. Stick with us. All the time at the silverscreenandroll.com. Uh, also, our Silver Screen and Roll uh, podcast network as well. That does it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you all next time.